0: I'm Derek Doga, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. For over 25 years, I've been serving the investment property industry, from preparing tax returns for property owners when I worked in public accounting, to creating and managing multi-million dollar syndications as a commercial broker. Throughout my career, I have always had a passion for learning and teaching what I've learned to others. This podcast is for commercial property owners and those who provide professional services to owners. My goal is to bring value to you through the sharing of best practices and industry knowledge. Each episode is geared towards providing knowledge and insights around topics and trends affecting property management, asset management, and investment management. Please enjoy this episode, and if I can be of any assistance, please do not hesitate to reach out to me directly at Derek at Now, enjoy the show.
1: Hello and welcome to another Real Estate Investments Insights podcast. I'm your host, Derek Doak, and this is our property management special version. As we've been adding more, Jordan Elliott with NEI Elliott out of Portland is the co host. So, between the two of us, you know, we want to talk today around technology and property management, you know, what to look for in technology from your property manager. And then also if you decide to do property management on your own for your single asset or a couple assets that don't fit within a property management company, what you might wanna look for in picking up a software or a cloud-based product for you to manage your own properties. So with that, I will turn it over To Jordan and let Jordan kind of lead us into the charge of technology because uh, he's been educating me a lot on how to do things the right way with technology. So Jordan, welcome to another episode of our podcast.
2: Great to be here, Derek, and uh, thanks for the promotion. Glad to be co-host. I appreciate it. We'll we'll talk about my raise later, but no, it's fantastic to be here (laughs) and enjoying this a lot. And um, uh, technology and property management is a a really excellent topic uh, to explore from a bunch of different levels. So I'm I'm excited to play with it with you, Derek. Um, and I just start by saying that whether you're you know property owner considering to doing property management on your own, or if you're looking for a third party property manager, um, everything from a couple of assets, single asset, couple of assets to a large portfolio, I would actually start the conversation by saying that the real driver, <clears throat> excuse me, for any technology has to be customer service. And what I mean by that is, if a property manager is going to use technology, at the end of the day, what is it going to mean for Your customers, which I would start with the tenants of the property. I would start with the owner themselves, if you're thinking about it from a third party standpoint. But even if you're an owner considering self mortgage, kind of think about or self management, think about how the technology is going to improve your experience as a quote unquote customer. And then thinking about vendors or other ancillary um, groups that the property manager is working with. Because, you know, Technology for technology sake is no good. And if you approach technology for technology sake, it's going to become very expensive and and not necessarily very effective very quickly. So I think you have to think about who's your client? How are you delivering on a really great customer experience? And if you go from there, I think it, it makes it clear both the necessity and the benefits of technology and property management.
1: Yeah, no, and I agree. And when I think of technology too, that's such a, a broad word, right? Because yeah. technology can be anything on the property from adding the ability to have uh sensors for how many parking spaces are available right. or, you know, adding things that has to do with snowmelt, um, you know, heated sidewalks so that you don't get the ice formation. I mean, right. there's so many different ideas of how to add technology. It's not just accounting based, but uh a lot of people purchase technology. We've all done it. I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast has done the same thing. We bought something based on this little 30 second YouTube we saw on how right. neat this technology is. We right. get it and realize there's just no way I can implement this. And we yep. sit
2: and it yep. just sits there.
1: Um yep. and I know like our software that we use uh together on the accounting side, I mean it's robust. I mean there's so much in there there's so many modules to it that it might not be the right fit for somebody who's going to say I've got a small retail shop that I want to have that's four tenants and I want to use the same software it's like well you're not going to spend that $30,000 to implement it. you're going right. to find something else uh that works for you it might just be on quickbooks it might just be you know something that's going to make it easier for you from that accounting perspective so so I agree technology means a lot to a lot of other people and uh and I think uh to look at it from a property management perspective and I and I think of things like We always look at it and say, is it going to save time? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Is it going to keep our clients in compliance with legality, specifically taxes and insurance, right? Um, And then we look at it and say, from an accounting perspective, is it going to allow us to pull the reports we need? That's Mm -hmm. going to be necessary for the lenders, going to be necessary for the owners, for the partners, you know, things like that. Um, But I think what I'd like to talk about too is, Uh, when I think of the technology, the back end of the technology, you know, we talked about insurance tracking and I think a lot of people don't really understand what the compliance is on that insurance and what to look for when they get an insurance Mm -hmm. um, accord or something from one of their tenants. And, uh, and there's different technologies that can help you with that. Maybe, uh, maybe dive into an example of something like that.
2: Yeah, I will. That's, that's a great prompt, Derek. And um, just to kind of to weave through some of the things that you said that I'm your listeners may have heard this term, but if they haven't, there's a whole niche called prop tech, which is kind of what you're talking about. Everything from you know monitoring your heated sidewalks through a lot of brokerage-related technology to a huge amount of property management um, tech that all kind of falls under this umbrella of, of prop tech. And I think it's an area where there's a lot of startups and investment and you know new technology, some of which is really thrilling because we've been waiting for opportunities to make uh, certain tasks of property management more efficient or better. Uh, others of them, you're just kind of like, is this snake oil or something? Like, I don't know if it's going to be something that's going to turn out to be useful or valuable. So that, that prop tech term kind of covers all the, the things that we could be talking about. But um, I love the idea of pivoting to this idea of insurance compliance because uh, it's something we've done a lot of. So I have some experience in navigating this. But before I go there, I, I think I'd just say that, you know, your your comments about What do you need your technology to deliver is a a core question. And it's a theme that's run throughout our podcast throughout is kind of an upfront analysis of what are your deliverables and requirements. And um, again, whether you're on the spectrum of a property owner looking at setting up property management for things that you own all the way to to third-party property management for large portfolios, you still have to start with that analysis of what what are your deliverables and um, kind of what things are you trying to accomplish and I'd keep that customer service as a major point of it. But but shifting to insurance compliance, you know, I think it's one of the biggest responsibilities of a property manager is to make sure that the tenants are in accordance with their lease, um, and that's kind of the focus that I think we'll take on this one. And it's it's it kind of starts with the most basic thing, which is do you have proof of active insurance for all of your tenants? And honestly, for the longest time, as a, a pretty established and I think sophisticated property management company that we have, that was what we did. We were just making sure that we had updated insurance, but there's so much more to it because every lease that we encounter as a third party has different requirements of insurance based on you know what the owner's form is or you know if there's a standard form or maybe there's been negotiations around insurance or if they're national tenants that have um, really pushed things that fit what their insurance is across the board at the end of the day it takes quite a lot of analysis to make sure that the lease terms and the insurance that you actually have proof of match and if there are issues that you you take care of it, um, and it, I think it really comes to a head around points like you know is the owner named as an additional insured in the correct way, whatever the ownership entity is, so that if, you know God forbid something happens, the the owner is truly covered. That's kind of our our first starting point. But um, but getting to the technology and, and part, the
1: property ma- and the property management company, well, right? Sure. I mean, and the, pro- and I mean, the property make sure
2: whoever
1: <laughs> whoever the property manager is, make sure you get your name on there too as yeah. an entity.
2: Yeah, additional insureds is kind of where, where we start and then making sure that the names are all correct down to like the right commas and the right periods, you know, because you just don't want any any concerns on um, that insurance covering you. So getting long-winded to the technology part, a, a couple of years ago, uh, as a company, we decided we really need to, to think about a more effective and a more efficient way to do the insurance compliance part of our responsibility. And so we, we did a search That started for us with our core accounting system and our, you know, the basis for all of our property management, the place in which we keep our lease abstracts and all the information that we need to make sure matches the insurance. We started with integrations with that software because we wanted the efficiency to come out of this. And we looked at all the various partners that integrated with our accounting system to see uh, what, what was out there for insurance compliance. And um, there were a couple of very strong and well-known companies that we interviewed. And at the end of the day, we went with a newer one, a startup, it's called Jones, which is kind of a, a non specific name when it comes to insurance compliance, but that's what they, they call themselves. And uh, Punchlines, we've been very happy with it because what they do is they actually perform a lease analysis of every single lease under our care. And then they perform analysis of the insurance certificate, that accord certificate that you referred to that's sent to us by tenants. And they they line it up and say, this is where it's compliant, this is where it isn't. And then they actually have a, a really nice automated system. Once the tenants understand it, it can be a little bit overwhelming at first, but once the tenants understand it, it, it'll do the analysis and spit back to the tenant. Oh, this is missing. This is missing. Sometimes we even interact directly with a tenant's insurance broker to get those certificates updated. Uh, cause sometimes it's just kind of a, kind of a, um, logistical issue. Other times there's actual like core insurance coverage issues, uh, but we can cover a huge amount of tenants in a very efficient and more effective way than we ever could with a single individual or multiple individuals doing insurance review. We've got this whole team at Jones that does it and it, it integrates with our accounting software. So there's a mouthful. See, see where you want to go after that, Derek.
1: <laughs> well, well, I like the you know there's two I, I always look at technology, there's two aspects to it. You got the one aspect that's saving time and keeping us in compliance, which is never really sexy to talk about. Just because it's not really directly to the bottom line, and then I like the technology that goes right to the bottom line, right? That makes a property more profitable, so that owners get more distributions. Mm-hmm. So there's like I, I always break up the technology conversations into those two buckets um, mm-hmm. because the the conversation around just the back office stuff doesn't really get that exciting. But when you All talk right. about the technology, you can add that's going to save you money um, and make you money. You know, okay. uh, you know, I think of like uh, irrigation monitoring. It's not mm-hmm. sexy from a title. But how many thousands of dollars we've saved because we have the monitoring system that goes right to the phone and it's going above and beyond the amount of water is typically going out. And we had Mm -hmm. issues with some uh, individuals that were using the irrigation system for showers Mm. um, because they were homeless. And all of a sudden, if we would not have known that that was going on when it went spiked on the peak use, Mm -hmm. you know, it would have been tens of thousands of dollars. out of this property because it was in an area within the property that no one has seen or is able to have access to. So um, that kind of technology, you know, Mm -hmm. definitely saves you money and Mm -hmm. helps you take money to the bottom line so you can monitor your water usage. Um, You know, the technology now being able to read meters and split meters. Before, Mm -hmm. remember, you wouldn't be able to split the electric. Mm -hmm. And so the ability that you can actually, when you Take them off a gross lease to a triple net lease. And you could, and the reason why you kept them on a gross lease was because of the whole watering or the utilities that people complained about is saying, I don't use as much as a coffee shop next door. I'm a, you know, I sell sewing machines, whatever it is. And so there was always that complaining. So you said, okay, I'm going to split the meters, which you can now do effectively and efficiently. Mm -hmm. And we're going to triple net leases. Mm -hmm. All that drops to the bottom line because now you're taking all that income to the bottom line. Yeah. So the uh the idea of how to look at your building or your, your property with a technology mindset or a prop tech mindset mm-hmm. like you're talking about is kind of the job of your property management company you work with. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking to property management companies, you ask them how can you help me be more profitable? Is there things you can do? Or are you just doing bookkeeping
2: mm-hmm. or are you going to help
1: me? Mm-hmm. Right. If you want to spend a few hundred dollars a month, half you know, five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred dollars a month to have someone just do your accounting, that's just doing the bookkeeping. But if you want to have somebody come in and actually help you maximize that property and use the technology, you're having the conversation around technology.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I think there's a, for a property owner, there's a um, a series of cost benefit analyses that have to be done when it comes to, let's just say to, to your example about a property management company that you'd be considering using, like, the, the upfront cost, the sticker price needs to be dissected to understand what benefit are you getting to your bottom line as an owner and what is that that firm going to provide? Like, like you just said, there's huge categories here of like, what kind of on-site technology is available to, again, go back to lease terms and make sure that it either gives you more flexibility to change from gross to triple net or to really enforce those terms of a triple net lease in a, the most accurate way. Uh, that's a that's a great one, and we kind of have an answer for that too, which we can go into if you're interested. The insurance compliance piece we talked about you know, budgets and reconciliation are another piece. Is there tech behind there that makes that process more efficient and better communicated to the tenants to make sure that at the end of the day, you're actually recovering what you're due or, you know, if you budget it right, maybe that's a, a minimal recovery or a minim, minimal credit, but as close as you can possibly be, that really affects your cash flow. And at the end of the day, should be better for the owner. So there's a huge amount of those cost benefit analyses that a third-party property manager should be clear about up front and then they become a partner in executing on those things if you choose to use somebody
1: yeah and and i think sticking with the the theme of of saving money too is uh, you know you think about uh, a product that allows you like building engines for example
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know the ability to be on site see an issue take a picture and instantly have it go up to the vendor that fixes it or to be able to put in work orders, you know um that that's another technology that one it saves you time and money because the sooner you can get something fixed, one it keeps the tenant happy, mm-hmm. which means the tenant's more likely um let me add to that. I feel like our job when we manage an asset and I think property managers should have this mindset is our job is. To help the tenants just as much as the owners. Yeah, Our job is to give the tenants that ability to make a living and, and have a great place to work. It's not to squeeze every nickel out and just let things, you know, they're paying rent, they're on a the contract. You know, that's not the attitude. The attitude is walking in and asking those tenants, how can I help you make more money? How can I make this location people are coming to more attractive, better lighting, LED lighting, the parking lot, the landscaping? Because that's part of our job. And then to then balance that with the return that we want to help our owners get. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and, and I, I think that's a, a, a piece to add to that when you think about that onsite. So I was, where I was going with that was the idea of how to use things for tracking work orders, you know, mm-hmm. how, to, how to make sure things are getting taken care of as soon as they need to be taken care of um, how to use uh, after hours system so that mm-hmm. there is a problem. There's somebody that they can, call to make sure it's getting taken care of. Um, you know, we've all had the situation more times than I can count of a vehicle running into a coffee shop or a vehicle running into a restaurant after hours because of its location. And now we've got to figure out how do we, we got to fully open and expose business and we got to act quickly. Mm -hmm. So having monitoring systems like that allows you to do it.
2: Yeah. I think that, um, one of our, um, sayings in our company is that if if the cash register is ringing, then everybody's happy. In other words, if the tenant is successful, then it, the whole real estate enterprise works. And that takes me back to this idea of customer service. And you know, I think this is where you were going to, Derek, is if you think about the experience of that person who's the operational lead at a tenant's business, you know, whether it's a retail outfit, whether it's an office where I think these these issues become even more intense, and you're thinking about their experience interacting with the property management firm, you really wanna think about what you're delivering as an ownership group or as a third-party property manager. You wanna think about what you're delivering to that customer, to that person that you're interfacing with. And like you said, if, if they can file a work order electronically and then track the response, that's the ideal. If they can pull up their rent statements and see their balance and, see and understand if there's any changes and they can look at that directly, that's ideal. You no, know, it's we. Commercial real estate is behind the times. Let's just be honest when it comes to technology, and so when you're interfacing with customers, with those operational folks, for example, that are far, far down the road in terms of what they're accustomed to um, accessing, we're, we're kind of playing catch up, and so you know you got to really think about how do we we deliver on what we're doing, make that experience better, you know, get up to a place that's at least comparable with what people are accustomed to in other aspects of their life in terms of interfacing with technology.
1: Yeah. And and you mentioned too about the pulling up the statements. I mean, that, that's a good segue into when we think about the implementation of things like Avid, ClickPay. Mm-hmm you know, those types of things. I mean, access to like avid utility, right? I mean, yeah. we all know, and property owners are probably that that are listening to this have had the same situation where you get a utility bill at the last minute, or it just takes yeah. a while to get to you. Somehow you didn't get there. And now you're dealing with trying to deal with utility companies. Yeah. Um, maybe talk a little bit about that. Like when you think yeah. about like getting rent in multiple ways, allowing your tenants to pay in multiple ways um it, it kind of takes it off the onus off of you as the owner. Yeah, and it puts it lets technology kind of be that buffer to allow that to happen.
2: Yeah, I think that that whole um, shift is really that that's happened in property management doesn't make it make it easy necessarily, but it's we've we've finally gotten to a place where tenants can pay their rent online. They can see their balance due. They can understand their or see their statement and hopefully understand it by by reviewing it online. And um, so yeah, we we use a piece of software called ClickPay again. Our analysis is to make sure it's integrated with our accounting system so that we save time and effort and prove efficiency and accuracy. But it allows that tenant to see their rent statement and then choose how they want to pay it. So, you know, the days of just writing a check to the property management firm are gone and the tenant then has some choices, which includes sending a check off, but also ACHs. EFTs, uh, even credit card, which I think we've talked about before, that uh, it's set up so that the tenant is making that choice. They're interfacing with the software. They actually control their account. So you're not relying upon a property manager to reset your password or anything like that. Uh, And it just, it, it makes things so much faster. And, and, and. Frankly, Derek, I got to say, it kind of catches our industry up to what people are used to. It's like, how many bills are you paying online now? If you think about that customer experience, most of them. And so a property manager should really be able to deliver on that. Um, Shifting over to the avid utility or, or having some kind of utility monitoring, you know, that's... That's something that we use because you never have that problem of waiting for a utility bill to show up and then you have like two days to turn it around and then you're facing late fees or to your point earlier, you you know, you've missed the opportunity to see that your water usage is through the, the roof, you know a toilet leaking or somebody's taking uh, illegal showers or whatever the case may be so having some technology that um, in our case with avid utility they monitor those things in terms of usage and they flag it if the usage is atypical but more importantly they, you know they pay that bill directly and then it posts to our accounting system we can review it because at the end of the day you're always going to pay your utility and then you're going to figure out how to, to reconcile any issues later so the idea of reviewing it and then paying it is really past. It's like, pay it and then review it. And you can figure out if there are issues that have to be solved later because uh, you know you don't want shutoffs. You don't want any disruption to your customers.
1: Yeah. And, I, and, and and as you dive into it, this what I'm trying not to do is scare people away from owning commercial real estate. And I feel like sometimes <laughs> it gets that way to be daunting, right? Because yeah. when you start diving into what it really takes to manage a property effectively and efficiently... And to stay on top of deferred maintenance and all these types of things that to make it, it's, it's a great asset class, right? We all know it. That's why we're in it. We understand it's a great asset class, but it's not for everybody. But if you have the right team around you, it can really help. Um, I got an email on after our last podcast and someone asked me, he says, well, how are you? How is, you know, NAI Puget Sound properties and NAI Elliott? You know, you guys are working together. I, I didn't quite understand the relationship. And so I wanted to make sure I define it. When we talk about it, you know, we've teamed up with Jordan's team down in Portland, you know, us here at Puget Sound Properties. Um, and what's nice about that is they specialize in all of this back office. And what we're good at and what we're really good at is dealing with the asset itself, being there on site, dealing with the properties, helping the owners maximize the return on that asset. So it allows us to be full property managers. And the back office is being done at a grade A level. And between our two companies, our goal is we want to provide a service all the way from the Canadian border all the way down through Oregon. Because Jordan's in Portland, we're in the Bellevue, Seattle area, and we have offices in Tacoma as well. And we just want to have that I-5 corridor providing best value of service and having people on the street in those markets that can help owners maximize. So hopefully – the person who sent that in gets clarification on kind of how how we're working together, and they see how we've teamed up. Um, but uh, but this technology conversation is how we got to this over a year about a year ago when we started talking about this. Maybe it was longer than a year ago. and started saying how do we maximize value proposition for our clients? Costs of goods, cost of service, we're all seeing it are going up. So you got to have this ability to kind of pool together and and see how do you maximize efficiency. But you've got to give your tenants and your owners top quality across the board. And um, and I think when you're looking at whoever's out there thinking about property management or thinking about technology for their own business, it's kind of what do you need the technology to do, I guess, is the first question. And then kind of what do you want the asset to do for you? And so you kind of look at it from a, a couple of different perspectives. Yes.
2: I just um, join on to that, that I think the the key to our relationship, going back to the Puget Sound Properties, NEI Puget Sound Properties and the NEI Elliott, is that philosophically we are extremely closely aligned, uh, not just through our relationships through the NEI global network, but in terms of, you know, like we're talking about how we deliver on the, the promise to the customer, whether that's the tenant, the client, uh, or both. And so, you know, our practice down here in Portland with the property management that was really the roots of our business runs all the way from that Southern Oregon border all the way up into Southwest Washington, you know, around Vancouver and then East throughout Oregon. Uh, and so to, to partner with you, Derek, and your team up at NEI to Sound Properties and have that same philosophy about, you know, how the property managers interfacing with clients, how that back office is done, those best practices, it's it's super exciting to think about what we could do, you know, Canada and down. So. Uh, having said that, you know, then I, I, I think this technology piece can be overwhelming for, for uh, property owners. And like you said, somebody might be yeah, wondering, absolutely. like, holy crap, what did I do? I just bought this piece of commercial real estate. And now I have all these responsibilities from like how my rent statements are delivered to monitoring the utilities to insurance compliance can be kind of overwhelming. And, you know, I think it, it's just what I like about our conversations is we're trying to advise people on how they scale. You know, it's good to understand all of those things and maybe get your hands dirty at first, but also good to know that there are partners out there that can have on the ground, ready to go solutions to make sure that all those things are accounted for. So, you know, a client can then do their own Um, you know, cost benefit analysis in terms of their time, perhaps of like, where, where can they deliver the biggest value as the owner of commercial real estate? And that might be by using somebody who's got all these things in place to just be plugged in. And then, then an owner is working on maybe acquiring more or, you know, working on the leasing side or, you know, what, what have you in terms of growing their portfolio.
1: Yeah, no. And I, and I agree. The intent is definitely not to scare people off from, (laughs) um, Owning commercial real estate or driving them just to work with us. I mean, the intent is really to kind of just educate and provide value of what we're seeing out there because I I know plenty of property owners that are able to manage their own properties. They enjoy going to the site. They enjoy taking care of it. Um, I've got one person I know really well and they actually still use ledger paper. They're just, (laughs) they're just managing through ledger paper and doing a bank reconciliation. So, I mean, it's, it really, it, it, it just depends on, on where you are in the phase of the ownership and what your personal goals are with it, uh, as an asset class. So, so yeah, I apologize if this is coming across. (laughs) Oh my God, I never real estate. There's just too much technology. It's scaring me. It's like, no, no, it's the idea is that if you're out there looking and you're talking to people around, outsourcing, we want to make sure that you understand the types of questions to ask or what things to look for so that you're just not getting plugged and played into something that doesn't fit for what you want. So, um, you know, you always want to have that conversation with somebody around what's your goals with the asset, what's your vision of what you want to do personally with your time, and third overall is where does this fit into your overall strategy and plan from a financial perspective yeah. because it just should be one of the vehicles you're using um and uh and how to maximize the technology because because yeah i mean and, and 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 jordan's being very modest about it because he or humble about it i should say because they have spent a lot of time energy and resources really understanding all the variations that are out there and combinations to have and to be able to have thousands of tenants Within a system that you have perfected to what we have today in the technology to give that value across the board totally makes sense. So, um, so that, I think that's kind of kind of I guess stacking on top of what you were saying there is how do we mm-hmm. how do we just provide the value and, and answer the questions to help people make their own decisions because at the end of the day we're not for everybody and yeah. and we're not trying to be um, you know we're we're, we're 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 trying to help people. They can get stronger in their ownership and feel more comfortable with it right. so that they enjoy and have a, a a good experience owning real estate versus, you know, the bad experience that turns into a financial, you know, tobacco and they can't do anything with it.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, to your point, I'm not scaring people away. If you look around, there's lots of commercial real estate. There's lots of property management happening. There are many ways to do it. So it's happening um, and, and people are doing it. So uh, wh- whoever's listening to this, there's a right approach for you. One thought I had, Derek, is I think is a lot of the times when I've been thinking about your listeners or our listeners and and um, kind of where they're coming from, it's a lot of, my mind tends to go to newer property owners, you know, people who are trying to, to get into the commercial real estate space, uh, maybe just have the kind of like more of a startup approach. Uh, but one thing we might consider for the future is talking about transitional moments, because uh, a lot of the conversations that I have are with families that have built portfolios and are transitioning to the next generation and that's a, a very unique and important thing to discuss in terms of the considerations with their party property management uh, we might want to spend some time on that in a future episode yeah. of kind of maybe we do a little bit of the startup version and also a little bit of that kind of um uh, family transition or or maybe it's uh, other forms of transition but families are usually who we're encountering that are going from one generation to the next and really deciding how are they going to keep the prop the properties that they own viable for the future
1: yeah and and i think the biggest convert i shouldn't say the biggest the one this conversation sticks out the most in my mind around this and i agree with you that our listeners would definitely uh Get something out of that because there's so much that goes into it. But the question that I'm always getting asked, and especially when it's to the younger generation or the heirs, that just don't want the assets. right? They don't want to deal with it at all. And yeah. those are the ones that get taken advantage of a lot. Yeah. Because you're going to have brokers and others that come in and say, oh, we'll just liquidate it and sell it for you. It's like, no. These Man, are a good employees. Yeah. It's just – how do you have, how do you take that headache away from it of what is the grandparents built or your parents built right. um, and, and maximize that for that generational legacy wealth. And there's a lot more that goes into it. Like with the attorney, you know, yeah. everybody, there's a lot, the team there. So I think that's a great topic that we'll add um, to our, uh, to our podcast, which is, uh, which is helping that transition.
2: Derek so, is so, um, I mean, and, it's so easy <laughs> to go down the, the disposition path of a portfolio and, you know there's a there are yep. big numbers associated with that up front but there's also big liabilities that you have to cover and it can really it's kind of sad to think about how a, a family's legacy can be torn apart there. And so yeah when we get to that conversation the other thing that we talk about a lot is a team of advisors because there's there's never I don't think there's gonna be one one team or one you know kind of uh, specialty that's gonna be able to cover all those things. Property management's just part of it. Right. And, and but it'd be interesting yep. to talk from a property management standpoint about what we need in terms of that team of advisors to be most successful in our responsibility. So yeah, that'd be a good conversation. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I think that this is a good segue into our, our, our sign off and, yeah. uh, and, and, and we'll get that one on the list for sure. Um, as always, if anybody has any questions about anything around property management or the technology that goes into it, I mean, both Jordan and myself are always happy to talk to anybody. We, you know, we really enjoy what we do. Um, yeah. You know, we're very fortunate that we have great team members we've got, you know, and being part of NEI Global, which is really a, a good thing for all of us. I mean, this, just the talent that we have around us and access to some of the individuals. I mean, I just, I'm still coming off our, I'm still, I'm still on a high from our Las Vegas yeah. outing. I mean, there's just so many great things you learn at these events that, um, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to come back because you're just going, man, you just, you can just soak it up like a sponge. There's just so much more. So, um, but uh, anyways. Uh, Jordan, any last words before we, we part off and, and, uh, and start our day?
2: No, it's been great to have a conversation with you again, and I'm glad it's valuable to people. So I look forward to keeping the ball rolling. Thanks Derek.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks everybody for listening. And again, if you have any questions, you know, reach out to either Jordan or myself and, uh, you can find us, you know, NAI, uh, Elliot and NAI Pugetstown properties. And, uh, we'd love to have a conversation and help you any way we possibly can. So with that, I will bid everyone a great day and uh, we will listen. You guys can listen and you'll see us uh, next month. Talk soon.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you should have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to me directly at Derek at doakmail.com. Again, thanks for listening. And I hope you have a great day.